0: Sci-Fi For Me presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast.
1: everybody. <laughs> um we're not in the studio tonight, <laughs> as you can see. And that's and not it's, and it's not Tim's fault. Right. It is not Tim's fault. It's my fault.
0: Um oh, no no okay no look hold on. Hold on. This is not a question of fault. Um, this is just the way things work out. And just just as it's been the way that things have worked out when I can't be there because of work. And this week, I don't have, I have no trainings that I have to shoot or record or edit and do anything like that. It's a, it's a really light week for that, yeah, um, which is great. And so I'm like, hey, I'll be able to be in the studio. And we're like, yay, okay, cool. <laughs> yay. And, and then Jason's text me so it's going to have to be virtual tonight. Yeah. It happens. It happens.
1: And what happened is that, and and I had everything set up. I mean, you can see here, the studio's all set up, and I have spent the last couple of days, because I haven't been doing Live from the Bunker. We're dark this week until Friday. I have been uh, doing my best to get everything finally finished and put together down here. I mean, you can see there's there's... Uh, there's the comic book set. You know, I've got the the metal comic book covers finally up on the wall. They've been sitting on the couch for I don't know how long now, and you know, trying to get all of this together. And I've got I've got the uh, I've got the cameras set where they're supposed to go. And you know, I'm like, well, okay, see, because I've got I've got cameras here. And they're all set, and they're ready, and everything, and all, all that, all that good stuff, and and they lie so, dormant tonight.
0: So what we should have done is put us both in front of green screens, yes. and then just do the overlay. Yes, yes. And and uh, yes. I mean. I mean we could talk about we could we could reference films that the special effects didn't live up to the expectation sure, sure, factors in right? that's Su- part of the, that's part of the topic
1: Superman 4 oh <laughs> talk about talk about not living up to its potential I mean
0: okay so what's interesting about, about the Superman films these are the the Christopher Reeve ones um there is you know, it, it, it's such a it's such a fascinating thing to watch, and you see this all the time. I mean, this is something that you know the idea of of these big sequels, right? These these franchises just wasn't a thing, yeah, really. And so, when it started to become a thing, you would watch um, what became pretty much the trend for sequels, and especially as a horror fan, this was very much the case for a lot of mm, pretty much all horror franchises, yeah, which is you'd have the film that, you know, uh, uh, captured everyone's imagination, you know, for the, you know, the first Superman film, you will believe a man can fly. And if you were, if you were a kid, when that movie came out, that, that, you know, that's always going to be your Superman. Um, just because, you know, that it's the, the effects and the fact, the, yes, the effects have aged to the point where you can sit there and you you can see the edges of everything, but they're still really good effects for the time,
1: oh, and they yeah.
0: still they because it's a, because it's a comic book movie, and it's an in inno, the innocence of that first film. Um, those dated effects don't bother me in the slightest. I do not feel like I'm like oh, and then the second film for all of its strengths, Neil before Zod, and nice. um, you know, Terry. Terrence Stamp. Terrence Stamp got scary. Started playing these like terrifying characters as 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 an older <laughs> actor. But the thing is, is a lot of people don't realize he was playing terrifying characters as a young actor. Yeah. So the weight of him playing Zod. Anyway, that's a whole different discussion. Well,
1: and to go back to the first uh, to the first movie, um, the the standout for me will always be when they get back to the balcony <clears throat> that shot when Superman flies off and Lois walks into her apartment and Clark shows up at the door is all done in one take because Superman flying away is a rear projection shot and they timed it and did the thing so it's seamless it, because you know, cause people are like, well where's the edit? There is no edit they shot Superman flying away and they projected it on the wall and she's talking to the projection and he wa- and he flies off and she goes in and there's, you know, Chris Reeve is standing behind the door the whole time as Clark Kent. It's, it's a brilliant piece of filmmaking. That's that's so simple nowadays. it would be all sorts of complicated.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, very much yeah i think there's there's a few directors who would who would go for the simple and elegant shot like that and there's one who would sit there and just go let's do it cgi um but the the arc of the so superman films you know um one and two are if not one greater than the other, like I'll I'll call them just even for different reasons. Yeah. But then you watch three and four. Just go, but you saw that with jaws. I mean, (laughs) there you saw that with, you saw that with, you saw that with jaws. You saw that with, um, I mean, nightmare on Elm street. When of course the, the, one of the the few franchises right now that they cannot seem to get revived. Um,
1: which is not a bad thing.
0: So we'll talk. about... There's another idea for a series: is that is that the 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 film franchises that should not be revived. All of them. Okay, <laughs> just, but we know I it's not going to happen. I, I know mean, just,
1: that's an easy thing. All of them, just leave right, them all but, alone and come I mean, out, give me something but I mean,
0: new. Like like legitimate reasons why you there. There's no good reason to bring it back, even if you have a new new story to tell. Because some, it's like. The when when the new Hellraiser came out, uh-huh. which I really liked, um, and yet it is this is a weird thing to say. Are but, you talking
1: about this is the one with the girl lead, right?
0: This is yeah, this is, is, the, is the Hulu the one, we, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, where where you know it's it's not it's not Pinhead, it's the Hell Priest, right? right. Which is what would which which is what the original. So, this is in many ways, this is going back to the source material and, and doing versions of it from the source material sure. which is great. I enjoyed the film. I thought it was really clever. I like how it's a metaphor for drug addiction and drug abuse uh and and that sort of thing where in the first film uh the original film it's it's almost um addiction to being addicted to things and mm-hmm. this is a different way of looking at it. Yeah. But the letdown of that film is that it's not perverse enough. And I say that when you consider that you go back to you when you when when the first Hellraiser came out, Clive Barker was really pushing the boundaries of what the subtext of that movie was. Right. Um, and this is and, and, and this is not twisted enough. I really, I thought they did a great job. It's it's the best Hellraiser film in years, which is not saying much, but it's still a, a, it's a good movie. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to check it out. Jamie Clayton, who plays the Hell Priest, is very good and very creepy. But it's like, gosh, this should be, I should be more disturbed by this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's from the mind of Clive Barker, right? and that's that's a that's a good thing, but I mean, I'm but you go back to you know Jackie Earl Haley could not play he he could he played Freddy Krueger, but the audiences didn't they wanted Robert England yeah, but Robert England Robert England is not an immortal demon Robert England is a is a really very talented actor who's getting older folks, he can't play Freddy Krueger anymore. Yeah, um, And so, you know, the studio is going to give you a reboot at some point. So how do you, how do you deal with the fact that this person is so iconic in that role? It's like, it can be done. I mean, we got new versions of true grit, and they weren't bad it wasn't bad yeah it was just different um but then we're also looking at this thing that happens where and this is another topic because because one of the films i want to talk about tonight that's sort of god we're gonna loop back around uh <laughs> is is um we're not there there aren't john wayne was a movie star you didn't go to see you didn't go to see John Wayne play the character. You went to see John Wayne. As John Wayne. As John Wayne being called by a different name in this film, right? I mean, this is, and here's the loop back around. One of the major disappointments, however you feel about everyone going, we have to have our own cinematic universe. The idea of modern versions of the universal monsters is not a bad idea. Because we reinvent those monsters for each generation anyway. So, them going, okay, hey, let's, you know, let's, the Universal have their dark universe. And they make the mummy. But that's not the first one. The other one, uh, it's easy to forget that the mummy was actually the second, their second stab at the dark universe, because the first stab um, was what, uh, Dracula Untold or Dracula Unbound or something. And it was so trashed by everyone who watched it. That they were just like, (laughs) we don't know anything about that movie. And so they put one of the last remaining movie stars, because you don't go to see any movie starring Tom Cruise to see Tom Cruise disappear into the role. He can do that. He's actually a talented actor. Yeah. But that's not what makes him famous. That's not what audiences, I mean, I really enjoy the Mission Impossible (laughs) movies they're fun and they and sometimes they're you know every one of them has gotten better than the first one which was such a weird look at the original series yeah um they've all gotten better and they're big and they're fun but you're watching Tom Cruise run and I jump think, off the building you. and jump out of the plane because it's Tom Cruise jumping yeah. out of a building. You know? I think
1: at one point it it, it took on – its. Uh, they finally got comfortable enough that they took on their own identity and they said, okay, this right. is the kind of film we're going to make. Right. Whether that was – and I, I don't want to attribute that to J.J. J. Abrams coming in and doing one, but it was. it feels like it was about the time of three or four – where and I haven't seen all of them. I I fell off and I was like, yeah, okay, I'll get around to seeing it at, at some point. I yeah. I've I've lost see it's it's the same the same kind of thing because you look at these endless sequels, after sequel after sequel after sequel, and you you not only get audio, you get the story fatigue at some point, we run out of ideas, and we're we're Fast and Furious in space, or Jason in space, or you know, take your take your pick in oh, no, space. No, no, no,
0: no. You, you haven't you have not got to the until you get to the level of Leprechaun in space. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing. It exists, but you can,
1: it. you can get story fatigue, but I think also audience yeah. fatigue. Aud- the audience sometimes will just sit there, go, "Oh man, another one."
0: Well, no, no, no. yeah. I mean, yeah. One of the one of the strengths, I think, really of the new Hellraiser film is it was actually written as a Hellraiser film, uh-huh. because basically starting from there were four theatrical releases, four Hellraiser films that had theatrical releases. Everything else was straight to video, and they were all they all started off as scripts for something else, and they had Pinhead grafted onto them, right. And after a while, you could tell. Um, Even if you didn't know that, it was like, he's in five minutes of the movie. Doug Bradley shows up, does his five minutes, gets his check, and goes home. Good for Doug Bradley, who, by the way, is in the new Gotham. uh, Does he? Yeah, he's in the new Gotham show. Oh, the Gotham Knights? Yeah. And the thing I'm thinking of is... What character is he gonna play? Because Doug Bradley can be truly terrifying, it, and if I, they I, lean into him being just scary, I want to. It's like one of the the first reasons I've had to be interested in this show. Which well, you is, know
1: scared. this is you know this is like, um, um uh, Dawson's Creek and Gotham City, I know. right? I, I mean, and, and,
0: I'm not. I mean, I, I, and again, I'm I'm fine with this. I'm not the audience, and that's fine. Right. I don't have to be. Well, the you know, CW's they're...
1: audience isn't even the audience anymore, <laughs> right?
0: So, yeah, I mean, but I mean, this is like the—he's like the first reason I'm, I'm like, well, are you going to let Doug Bradley be evil in the DC universe? Okay, oh, wait a I'm minute.
1: There. Veronica Cartwright is in this.
0: Huh. It's interesting. Yeah, okay. I know. And it's like, what's going on um... over there? But,
1: Okay, let me let me look here. And by the way, hi Ke- Keely says Keely says hi, good, good morning from Taichung.
0: Ooh.
1: Oh, must be traveling away from his usual haunts. All right, let's uh, let's go into the cast list here. So Misha Collins is playing Harvey Dent,
0: which I'm okay with.
1: Doug Bradley is playing Joe Chill.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, all right. So the nightmare fuel for the Dark Knight is the guy who is the nightmare fuel yeah. for an entire generation of horror fans.
1: But you have to remember that in this TV show, Bruce Wayne is dead. Right. So that whole origin story flashback <coughs> is, is not there. So Did we
0: learn knows? nothing from Birds of Prey, um, the TV show? Um, which you know, honestly, that's another
1: one that's another one that didn't live up to its potential. It started off strong and, and
0: and you know what? I think it had a really good cast. I think it i think I think the the premise at the time and because it had not been done you know you weren't getting that kind of stuff in television for. Right for comic book stuff it's like okay we're basically doing an elseworlds Worlds as a tv show and And and
1: dina meyer was great as barbara as oracle i I think yeah and and i think that's
0: that's it's it's a real disappointment that that show didn't that show didn't have uh uh the anywhere near the strength that you'd think it would and yeah it started off really strong and, and something
1: I, I thought it was nice to see a nod to that universe in the Big Crisis crossover that right. that the Arrowverse did. I mean, you had Burt Ward show up even, right? In Earth on Earth sixty six, mm-hmm. and you had uh, you had uh, um, uh, what's her name Scott as uh, as Huntress. Mm-hmm. and in this other in this other universe show up so it was it was fun to see just just the just a wink and a nod yeah the, we we recognize our history here
0: and well and i think if you go back to that time period in a lot of television it was just we had all the syndicated shows mm-hmm. that that were popping up and a lot of those you know you had uh, a mutant what is it mutant next yep. um, which of course we 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 can't get the rights we can't do an x-men show Because we can't afford it. Right. Uh, uh, But we're going to do an X-Men show and call it something else.
1: We'll file the serial numbers off. Yeah. They did the same thing to Tomb Raider with this thing called Relic Hunter with Tia Carrere.
0: Right. And and in fairness, those shows were kind of fun. Mm -hmm. But they were never allowed to be what they were clearly trying to be. Yeah. They were you know this? This is the X Men guys, it's just not the X Men. This is Tomb Raider, but it's just not Tomb Raider, yeah. I mean, um, and yet, and yet, years later, you know, alphas would show up on the sci fi channel and <clears throat> be yeah. unceremoniously canceled because they didn't know what they got, yeah. Um, and they riffed on the same thing that Mutant X was doing, but looked at it as going we're not even going to pretend to be the x-men but we're going to play in some of those same story themes um and interestingly enough i think the modern take on charles xavier skews a lot more toward lee rosen now Mm -hmm. than it did at the time um sort of uh noble intentions um questionable methods yeah Uh, And I think that but but it's far more it's far scarier when David Strathairn, who seems so nice, (laughs) starts to to show signs of, of, you know, being the scariest person in the room when he doesn't have any superpowers. Yeah. Um, All right. So Uh, I
1: I am I am now I am now officially disappointed in Twitch. Because as we're sitting here talking, I'm thinking about, you know, th- those shows from the 80s and 90s that were kind of not quite ripoffs and stuff. Right. And sure. I, thought, I wonder if we could do a watch party, kind of a watch along for Cleopatra 2525, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not available. I, well, I, I'm, I'm, shocked. I'm shocked.
0: I'm um, shocked. Uh, okay, so uh, Space Above and Beyond so oh oh, yes so it wasn't wasted potential it was canceled potential yeah that show i think uh, i am and 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 correct me if i'm wrong because i'm not remembering anything about that show that i sat there and went i really don't like this that the show is doing Right. Yeah. Um, I think that it, it like a lot of shows in the time period with special effects, it struggled a little bit. But, you know, Babylon five was struggled with effects. And it well, was like
1: Babylon five was one of the first ones that did the computer generated
0: stuff. Right. So and it was even,
1: it was in its infancy at that point.
0: Right. But I mean, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't dilute the power of the show. Right. And right. I think space space above and beyond. I think was a victim of when, not what. Yeah, and I think that if 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 a show actually that's a show that should get a revival now. The Expanse is done. The Expanse is done over on Amazon. Okay, Amazon, you want you want another hard sci-fi show? Pick up Space Above and Beyond and give us the next either a reboot or the next generation uh because that is a show that in this environment this this current time where mm-hmm. where genre stuff is is popular um and budgeted well that show would do I think could do very well because the writing on that show was really pretty strong especially for the time yeah
1: well and and the the thing the thing about the cast even is mm-hmm. there were a bunch of people you didn't know. There were they weren't stars at the time, and I don't know that I've seen them do anything else. They've had careers, obviously. I mean, they're still they're still doing stuff, but none of them ever broke out and became the next big hot thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so you could go back with some of the ones that are still alive, right? And pick up here what. <sighs> 30 years later. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, that's a show who I, and this is going to be a rare occasion. You're going to hear me say this. That's a show. I almost think you just reboot. You don't do the next generation on, you just start over from the beginning. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe you start over from the beginning using the same scripts um, and, and update where <laughs> needed. Because again, I think they really were um, really were, solid storytelling well and okay so oh i didn't a... know that shirley
1: walker was the music producer on that show
0: really yeah huh and so adventures of briscoe county <clears throat> jr is popped up here uh keely um that show i was I, I really enjoyed that show i'm surprised it was on the air as long as it was yeah Because again, so what's interesting is about a lot of these shows. Shows like Mantis, Firefly, Adventures of Briscoe County, Junior. These are shows that I think were were ahead of the curve. And what's unfortunate is that that means they got one season or two seasons. And that's all they got. Um, But they also... I think inspired a lot of the folks who are doing things now because it was feeding that part of, of, well, the, the, the giant gap yeah. in genre content that was just not there. So these are folks who are actually doing really cool things. And, and it's the same thing. We're like, I'm really, really happy we got an, we got an, a quote unquote end to Farscape, but I'm also kind of amazed that. It got all the seasons it got um, because of course you know I, I think the only reason it did was that it was a co-production it was co- it wasn't sci-fi wasn't spending the only one spending the money yeah um, but I mean some of this stuff is just you know the and and genre shows are expensive to make they are. They just are, and and I think that in the now, now the the studios are often willing to to spend that money, but you go back into the '90s when some of this stuff was airing originally, and they weren't seeing the kind of return on investment that they needed to see to keep them going.
1: Yeah,
0: so that's just unfortunate. Um, so the, you know what, Batwoman could have been a really good show. I don't. I, <laughs> no, I, it couldn't. <laughs> yeah, it could have. Yeah, it could have. Because it, the, it, the, the, it
1: could have if the it it could have if the if the prior if the goal of the network was to get anybody to watch the show instead of talk about it on social media.
0: Right. Well, I mean, yes, because there's the the comic character could make for a very interesting yeah. and fun television show, um, but they never quite. Uh, I get I, I gave up on Batwoman very early. It just never. It, to me, it just didn't have the tone and depth of character that I wanted to see. Yeah, and it's it, unf, uh, sad to when, say, I, it is very easy for me to give up on a show uh, because there's so much to choose from, and I only have so many hours in my day.
1: When I saw the clip where she says it'll be perfect, when if it it's a woman, I thought, okay, I know what this show is going to be about. I'm, I'm, I'm I, I, well, I done. I, mean, I, I wasn't I, even interested. Well,
0: See, lines like that are dumb. It, well, yeah, it, it, but it also it's out of context. And but the thing is, is that. But that's I, what I they
1: see. That's the thing. We And we talked about this before. They led with that.
0: Right, right, right. <laughs> Which well, was dumb. But, well, and, and uh, the. The most interesting things about that character are things that they really didn't. They weren't interested in in doing those stories, yeah. And I think that that's that's one of those things where it's like, okay, and this is this is another episode for us. <laughs>
1: I'm things making that, notes. I'm that, making notes.
0: We, although, although we mentioned, I think we, we talked, we mentioned it last week. Um, uh, things that fundamentally misunderstand their source material. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um. And and sometimes it's you know. I think I, I think I referenced Lee of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Um, it's like you don't understand what this is about. <laughs> but that leads me into, and I threatened this last episode. Uh-huh. I know, I know he has a lot of fans, and I know that you and I felt that the Snyder Cut was interesting. But Zack Snyder fundamentally does not understand Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman.
1: No, he does not
0: and hear me out if you are a fan of Zack Snyder and think that he does <laughs> Zack is interested in big visuals and big storytelling and epic scenes and there's nothing wrong with any of this and that's part and parcel of the superhero movie yeah there's no question but one of the things that he did not get and 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 again this i i completely understand that there's a whole chunk of fans who really embrace his his vision of what that was but (laughs) superman's humanity even though he's not human um his humanity is what makes that character um really matter yes he's the got the power of a god but he's got the kindness and hope and sympathy and and optimism of you know just an ordinary human being um and he's not jaded and dark and cynical or and 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 in fairness in fairness to to Zack Snyder's superman you could see that arc was potentially there and maybe we were going to get it, but it moved. It it took so long.
1: Well, it needed to be there at the beginning.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that what I say, Zach is an overachiever. Here's,
1: here's the thing about the Zach, the Snyder verse. All right. And I, I, I know I'm shooting myself in the foot with this. Because this kind of goes to reinforce your argument about Twitter, but it also it also points up my cesspool? <laughs> it, well, yes, there's that. But you look at because you know, I know you have said you're, you, you and I have gone around about this a lot because you're hardly ever on social media, and I've got it pulled up pretty much all all the time, seeing you know news feeds and what you there. Yeah. I see the cesspool. But I also see the amount of influence and discussion and dialogue and impact that the cesspool has on people making decisions. Right. You right, see this. Yeah. You see that was a factor, not the factor, but it was a factor in the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, for example, that the articles are articles are talking about. That wasn't the thing. I mean, you've got the interest rates and all these different things, you know, what it was invested in, you about about about. But. Certain people started posting on social media their concerns about Silicon Valley Bank, and some people started pulling their money out. That was a factor,
0: not wasn't it was, it, it was a factor. It was also the private chat that they were doing where what, one of the guys, I saw this, one of the guys posted to social media that they were having this private chat and what was being talked about. And there's yeah. all these people going, sir? Yeah. It is best not to admit (laughs) to your criming publicly. But
1: this pops up, I think, yesterday. This is a Snyder bro. Mm -hmm. (coughs) I didn't want to do that. Now, I I don't have any idea who this guy is. Alexander of Snyderverse. He's got 6,442 followers. So, you know, not, not a small account. Sure, sure. I didn't want to do this, but unfortunately my hands have been forced. By whom is my question. Starting Wednesday, March 15th, 2023, I shall log on to twitter.com and spoil each and every Warner Brothers Discovery movies in my noble effort to negatively impact their respective box offices and get back to what I'm truly owed. And every this guy's getting roasted in the replies. Everyone's like, My "Who owes Lord. you? What? What does anybody owe you? Who are you? You're just some numbskull on on Twitter." And but but see, this is the thing: the Snyder fans, the rabid Snyder fans. Not everybody, you know. We talk about you know this the yeah. Snyder cut's okay, but yeah. you've got these rabid Snyder fans like this, who are either. Fully invested to the point where they're, you know, they're behind this whole Netflix. You know, sell, sell the Snyder thing to Netflix and everyone's like, dude, 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 that's not how this works. That's not how any yeah, this works. But they, they come on and they do this. Now, this could be, this could be a a really brilliant troll, but it probably, probably
0: isn't. Not. It's
1: probably not but I am like who well who's I and I've take seen some seriously. of the stuff that
0: I seen some of the stuff that that you know James Gunn posted that he was watching um Superman 2. Mm-hmm. And there were Snyder fans in there and again we're talking we're talking a segment of folks who enjoyed these movies, right? Yeah,
1: wasn't he watching Donner Cut Snyder He was watching Cut? the Donner Superman Cut, right? To, yeah, he was watching
0: yeah, Donner. Yeah, and, and 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 that's a whole Another thing too, because we've talked we've talked in the past about the, the Donner Cut. But the okay, kids, once again, let's remind you how this works. Um you can tell the studio what you want. Um and they may listen, but they're not required to listen. No. And you can tell a creator what you want from them. But they're not required to give it to you because, yes, fan, the fans matter and and they will either buy your stuff or they won't. But when you're a creator, when you're writing these stories or making these movies, you've got the story you want to tell. And it might be successful and it might not be. And it might be what the fans want and it might not be. And, and
1: the most effective way that you can tell the creators and the actors and the producers, all these, the studios. The the most effective way you could tell them what you want is by either buying or not buying what they're selling.
0: Exactly, and and when it comes to when it comes to something like, um, when it comes to something like the Snyder Vision for the DC Universe, all you have to do is look at the numbers. Yeah. to know why this isn't going to happen now that said let me get back to the original point <laughs> what i was talking about here um and that is it's one thing to look at wonder woman like a god wonder woman is part of a pantheon she's part of she's an extended part of the greek roman greek depending on how you want to look at which which version of the the myth cycle you want to play with um she is so so looking at her as this larger, you know, epic, all of these figures are epic, but it's their humanity that makes them the popular characters they have been for decades and decades and decades. Right. And, and Zach likes these big heroes as gods imagery. And again, nothing wrong with that. There's a place for that. And I think that that he does some of that really, really well, and some of it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. But there's the jumping into. I mean, again, I don't want to turn this into the back because, again, if, if you're a fan of this stuff, then then I'm glad you got to see it, and and congratulations, you know, you got you got to see what his vision for for the Justice League movie would be, and and that's really great, but. He's moved on. (laughs) Sure. Um, But. (laughs) And so uh, should
1: everybody else.
0: Well, yeah. And and honestly, that's the way this works, guys. I mean, you know, we. I didn't get the Superman three that I wanted. I didn't get the Supergirl movie that we deserved and Helen Slater deserved. um, All those millions of years ago now. Right. And and we didn't get studio. We got studios taking the wrong lesson from that movie, and so we didn't. So we didn't get a, a female superhero led movie um, for to- Wonder Woman.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. Well, no,
0: prior prior to Wonder Woman, we got um, what was the one with? Oh God, I did a review of it too. It's the. God, the, the, she, she smuggles the drugs and ends up becoming.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> I don't recall that one.
0: Yeah. Um... Smuggles the drugs. Right. Um, so with Scarlett Johansson and. I need to look at. The, I guess
1: uh. that—that's not cocaine bear. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Although that would be a fun crossover. Right. Um, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking.
1: I'm looking back. I, I'm looking back on your stuff here. Um, oh, hey, here's a draft where Fantasy Island went wrong. Uh, when are you going to have that done?
0: <laughs> well, okay. So we're talking about missed opportunities. Yeah. No uh, kidding. Uh, how long
1: ago, how did you,
0: how long ago her, did you do that? I want her discography. I want her, uh, filmography. I see here. Screen and stage. Lucy.
1: Oh, Lucy. Okay. Okay. Wow. That was right, a right. long time ago so, you wrote that. So
0: Lucy, Lucy actually, because of Scarlett Johansson, Lucy actually was a superhero movie. Um, and uh, it wasn't marketed as a superhero movie and it wasn't it, but it's a superhero movie um so that and wonder woman and then of course we finally got a black widow movie and all this stuff but um yeah i mean so much of this stuff is just i i would say
1: that wonder woman 1984 would fall on our list here of unrealized potential because yeah. when it was when we were getting the trailers there, there was like okay I'm intrigued this actually looks what? like it might be kind of fun and then it was actually all sorts of d- dumb stupid
0: what, what what really fascinates me about that film um, in a, a from purely from a writing standpoint mm-hmm. is it's like and I don't I, I simply don't know how much ended up on the cutting room floor but it feels like in the last third of that film, an important part of yes it. um the last third of the film and the film doesn't need to be longer but it feels like it's missing like 20 minutes yeah you know which is which is and i, and, and I don't again there's so many things that can happen in the production of a film um that can cause all kinds of fun problems um but that the resolution of that film feels like there's pieces missing Mm -hmm. and and the people involved in making that film it feels like how did they get to that point i'm i mean i I kind of want a behind the scenes thing where it's like what what led to these decisions because it's like i feel like you you i cut out like five pages of script i think and and the movie's over
1: they snorted hand wavium dust
0: that's a, prob- that's a problem. That's with, a problem with comic book movies a yeah. lot of the time and often with comic book series. But see, um, and this and this goes
1: back to Patty Jenkins, because Patty Jenkins is the director of both films. Right. And both films fall apart in the third act. And, and
0: less less so in the first film.
1: Right. Well, I mean, it holds together, but it's just messy.
0: The, okay, so the problem with the end of that first film is that it, for for what is a film that is not, I mean, it's got, okay, it, it hits a lot of the same super, superhero film beats, right? Right. But it, it does it in a different way. It, it feels fresher for the first two thirds. Mm-hmm. And the third, it turns into what, again, all of the Snyder film. Yes. But but in fairness in fairness to Zack Snyder and every other person involved a lot of superhero films do this it turns into the last third of the film because we kind of expect it to is the big
1: fight yeah the slugfest right yeah. and
0: and sometimes that works and sometimes because we've seen so much of it in the last 15 years mm-hmm that it just starts to look the same. It's one of the problems with Ant, the new Ant-Man film. I was entertained by the new Ant-Man film, but it is an example of a film that once... It became just another Marvel movie. The Ant-Man movies have never been the big blockbuster films of, this, of the right. series. Right, They've been the films that have been funny. Yeah, they were the heist movies. Right. And this movie is not that. And it's, it's, I, I was entertained. But I was, I, the reason I was entertained was because of the cast. And I like watching this cast.
1: All right. Now let me ask you this, because there are, there have been comments online to, to the effect of the fact that you have people that are going into this who have not watched Loki who don't have any idea who Kang is, and now suddenly here's Kang as the big
0: badness thing.
1: Is he reintroduced?
0: Yeah. So he. So so. Um. Uh, uh, spoiler light. If you haven't seen it, um, the he's introduced here as a character. He's introduced as Kang, mm. and as the film progresses, you get enough connective tissue because he talks about his alternate selves but that's not he doesn't he doesn't mention doesn't even mention the one that you get from loki so you don't have to watch loki to get this okay the problem with this film is that it becomes it becomes just another superhero saves a world story and that's really not the strengths that the Ant Man movies brought. They brought the fact that Paul Rudd is really funny, and Paul Rudd's supporting cast is really funny. And then you bring in you, you bring in people who are not known for doing comedy, and like Michael Douglas, yeah. and he's and and that's part of the 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 charm of the films is that that Scott and and hope and, and the all their supporting cast, the stakes are not world shattering. And so when Scott finds himself with the Avengers and being this giant ha ha giant hero, um that was not meant to be a pun. Um but the he's kind of the ordinary guy in the midst of it. Yeah. Which is it's, and this film just it's like I mean, folks. Okay, it's sometimes it's okay not to go big, and that's in a film where the where they go into the microverse, and that's the original name. It's the microverse, but I know why. I know why they also aren't using the phrase the microverse, but that's all right. So the quantum realm, and and it turns into a film that doesn't have those strengths, the funniest character in the film. And I, and I know some people really didn't enjoy this, but I really did. The funniest character is Modok. Mm-hmm. And I thought that worked really well because Modok is a fundamentally ridiculous character. Yeah. And now,
1: is, is there a chance we get a spin spinoff?
0: Nope. <laughs> and, and, and here's, <laughs> oh, God, I, I want to, so, the Micronauts movie has been promised for about 20, 30 years now. Yeah. It's never happening. Um, God, I, it's so, so you can't even, There at this point, I mean, they might get walk ons, but enough. Do, do we, of... we even know
1: who owns the rights to the Micronauts
0: now? So, I can tell you this much Marvel still owns the rights to Commander Ran, who is. You can't call him a space glider, Mm. but you don't have to because you can call him Commander Rand. That name was created by Bill Mantlo. Um, Marionette, Bug, Devil, Firefly. I think some of the, uh, some of the villains, but not most of the villains were based on the Micronaut toy line. So you can still use some of the original core heroes. Mm Mm-hmm but you can't use Baron Karza. You can't use Acreer, you can't use um the body Maybe might be able to use the body banks. Um there's a huge chunk of it that is that is still that was what Hasbro? I think so. Um but whoever owns uh, they don't they don't have the rights to it anymore. Somebody else bought them. No, I, were um,
1: or were they were they
0: Mattel? No, uh, maybe maybe it was Mattel. Um but the in the comic world um IDW had it. And I can't remember who else had it. Did, did Dark, um, Dark Horse do a run? I can't there's remember. been like three different Micronaut comics. And the problem is, is that what made that first, um, 1980s, 19, was it late seventies or early eighties run mm. with Michael Golden as the artist, yeah. um, is that Dave says Miko toys. Ah, okay. Um, is that you can't go back to that. You can't go back to that thing that actually made the series popular yeah. because the rights are so screwed up. It's like, you know, it's, it's another version of why we can't have nice things, like, <laughs> yeah. like rubons. I too. Spe-
1: <laughs> Speaking of nice things, and I'm not sure this qualifies, but uh Mrs. Boss has posted over in the Discord server a photograph of us up on the 55-inch screen. Goodness
0: me, we look so, um, we look so I'm cute. not sh-
1: I'm not sure that this is a good thing or not but uh <laughs> but that's the kind of stuff that you will find over on our discord server the link's in the mm-hmm. chat if anybody's interested
0: was fan <laughs> in film oh fantastic never-
1: four that's josh trank's fantastic four a film that should never have been uh,
0: so, so that whole thing was such a disaster yeah um on on so many levels the premise the 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 basic idea is fine because the basic idea is directly lifted from like a lot of the marvel cinematic universe it's lifted from the marvel ultimate line mm-hmm. and so the younger versions of of the fantastic four um a lot of the the darker aspects of the story come right from um the the ultimate line right um, although bear in mind the ultimate line also has Reed Richards ultimately becoming a supervillain. Um, and um, so bear that in mind. There's that. Uh, your mileage may vary with the ultimate line. I um,
1: I saw something. I don't even remember where I saw this now. That Marvel. Oh, it was a story that we had like two weeks ago on good morning. Multiverse. Marvel is rebooting the Ultimate Universe. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a it's a mini series, and you have Reed Richards, the villain. <clears throat>
0: uh, he's the, he's uh, his villain name is the Maker.
1: Yeah, he's working to restore the Ultimate Universe somehow. It's a, it's like a uh, What is it? Um, oh, I can't even remember. Is it Josh Williamson that's that's writing that one? I
0: don't remember. And, uh,
1: oh. I can't remember who's doing who's
0: doing it. And and part of this is so uh, I'm. Part of me is rolling my eyes really hard. Part of me is not because the ultimate universe started off really strong Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and um, you had great titles like ultimate Spider-Man was really good. I mean, it was, it was the flagship title. It was extremely well-written. It was a, it was a teenage Peter Parker um, who, I mean, it was, it was set now, now, yeah. Um and it I think they really did a fantastic job with the with most of that run. Different completely different spins on various characters. Some were more successful than others, but the core story very mm-hmm. strong.
1: Yeah.
0: Ultimate Fantastic 4 was rockier. Ultimate X-Men mm, really rocky. Um and I think often very bad. Uh, uh Ultimate The Ultimates, which was the ultimate version of the Avengers. Series 1 was really good. It was a it was a much darker version and a lot more how would people deal with these things, right? Mm-hmm. And, and again, right. it's what you know, some of which was like Snyder was doing with Man of Steel, right? Right. Um but uh that was definitely an example of sequelitis. So series uh series 2 of the Ultimates was not as good. Series 3 was really bad. And that about that point, they were like, let's blow up the ultimate universe. And they did. And it went, I mean, Peter Parker dies and, and, and most of the, uh, the, most of the X-Men get murdered and it's just, it, it turns into a thing. <laughs> and the only good thing that came out of the ultimate universe was Miles Morales because he's this kid who ends up getting spider powers, who's inspired by Peter Parker's death yeah. to, he says, New York needs a Spider-Man. And so he's like, you know, and and the success of that character, of course, translated, and he's moved over into the main universe, and we, we we got into the Spider-Verse, and this is yeah. great stuff. But most of the characters from the Ultimate Universe have not crossed over into the 616 universe. Well, 616, 6 doesn't has,
1: doesn't even, 616 doesn't even exist anymore.
0: Oh uh, yeah, that's that's a different thing too. But but the maker crosses over into the main Marvel universe. Yeah. Uh, the Reed Richards, evil Reed Richards, <laughs> although he doesn't think he's evil, he's just misunderstood. Um, <laughs> and um, but the but the other thing that we got out of that was a large chunk of the good parts of the Ultimate Universe is the foundation for the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. because what the the ultimate universe did was it stripped the characters down to their core strengths without the history that 30 40 50 60 years of comics brings with them so the you could do they were you know the ultimate universe gave us a new a new and and good origin for Spider-Man. It looked a lot like the original origin, but it wasn't quite the same. And so you could do that in the Marvel universe. And Tony Stark could be updated to having, you know, Afghanistan being where, you know, yeah. um, you know, he was, he was selling arms in the first film, or you, you could bring this stuff forward in a way that, you know, you're not necessarily getting, even though there's that rolling timeline in comics. Sure. Sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, so there's a lot of strengths that came through it, but again, going back to it and maybe giving us a better ending cuz they oh, they screwed up the landing <laughs> on yeah, the, the ultimate universe started off really strong. But by the end it was kind of like is everything on fire? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well-
1: it's it and is. And, okay. and okay so that that kind of c- comes back to what we what we're supposed to be talking about tonight with the whole the whole unrealized potential or or wasted potential where you know you talk about certain shows getting canceled before they could realize their full potential you know firefly and space above and beyond and that sort of thing but you also have those stories that are they live too long they they move past their prime and they get to the point where they're just there to be there and nobody really quite knows what to do with them. And at that point, are they are they wasting their potential or have they uh, have they burned up all of their potential? Is there is there a difference?
0: Maybe so, I think there,
1: there might be.
0: So, well, yeah, there is. But there's an interesting thing. We've seen this happen. It wasn't just the Ultimate Universe. Some other comic companies were doing this too, where you were like, um, Wildstorm did it. Um, we're you know we're getting our, we're getting our authority movie, uh-huh. but Wildstorm um, reached a point where they blew up the Wildstorm universe too, and there's this there's this, and some of it was kind of like of a time where it's like let's let's give the post apocalyptic version of our superhero world. And it's like okay. Great. Right. Okay, guys. Can we not? Um and and I'm not saying you can't tell good stories there. You certainly can. But um the ultimate universe and and the wild storm universe and there were there been a couple other ones in various uh, I think top cow top cow top cow did the same thing. Um where they've you know, we've we've got these characters that that we've built our our universe on. So let's screw them up. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean like let's actively. You know, let's. Uh, we choose these big storylines that completely changes the status quo and pushes these characters into new situations. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but when you basically just destroy the world to do that because the, because the, the ultimate universe thing, I mean, the body count um, of, of this, this tail end was in the millions. And it's just like, must, must we wipe out a significant chunk of humanity to tell our story? Um, (laughs) It's like, okay, I get going big, but yeah, Um, And so, yeah, things like this, they, when your goal is to make sure you don't have this giant amount of continuity to deal with, I can see what they were thinking, Mm -hmm. but I also think this is the same solution that says, there's a fly in my house, fetch me the flamethrower. Yeah. (laughs) And.
1: Did, did we talk about Star Trek Enterprise last week?
0: Um, a little bit in terms of, um, I think we did, um, yeah. talked, talked about it, you know, getting better at the end before it got canceled. But yeah. Okay. At that point it was too late, but yeah. not, not so much in, in, <laughs> in any kind of depth.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I look at that one and I think, cause you mentioned space above and beyond and it's a simple, it, 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 they're, they're, they're of a piece almost in tone, uh, and I and I get it space above and beyond is a war war series. it's it's inspired by the by the TV show combat. So you see a lot of you know space battles and whatnot. But you also have the 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 the, the uniforms and, the, and and the beginnings of a thing in terms of, you know the hierarchy and what Starfleet is supposed to be, and what are we going to try to do? Sure. And you know the technology being the way it is, it, it, there's there's some similarities there. Maybe not necessarily what kind of stories are told, <coughs> but I just the the whole Zinti time war, the the time war thing, the temporal cold war, and then all of the stuff with the Zinti, and I thought this is not Star Trek. Well,
0: so the. There's a fundamental. So it was Enterprise, and then Discovery had the same fundamental flaw. We do not require a prequel, right? And and what what Strange New Worlds, even though it is a prequel, gets right that those two shows didn't, especially early on. Again, I maintain that Discovery got a lot better when it moved into the future. Um, it's still a flawed show, but most Star Trek shows are um but the we had Christopher Pike in the original series weird they're just filling in the holes and they know they're on a timetable yeah from the very beginning of that show they're like Christopher Pike's got to have himself a very very serious life-threatening situation come he knows it's coming that's part of the story. They have built in the time. They've built in the deadline. Yeah. And so that enables them to do the prequel thing with the audience feeling the countdown to doom. Right. And that actually makes... up. So you have this show that is ultimately very optimistic, but you have this looming threat to the main character. You know this show is going to end in tragedy. Because...
1: That's, if and, and if that, we get to that point,
0: it could right, very well yeah, be. It, you
1: know, we we may not see that that Well, the thing incident.
0: is that the, you could run the show for five years, three years, or five years, or six years, or whatever, and end before that, and it would still work. Yep. Because the this is the this is the fleshing out of that character this is showing us a developing spock this is showing us some of those characters we didn't get to see aside from that one thing there's all these cool things you can do with this show and so far so far i think they've done a really entertaining version of star trek yeah again you can argue there's some continuity issues that people can certainly argue and debate the, but the I've whole, been entertained so far. The and that's whole
1: topring thing is a continuity issue. You could drive a Mack truck through that hole.
0: I know, but I'll tell you what. Here's here's my here's my issues. Here's here's why the topring thing isn't bothering me so far. Key 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 two words there. So far, mm-hmm. because if we can leave topring off at a point where. I can believe she's become the really unpleasant person of her original parents. Um,
1: it's not, right now, there's not really so much that. It's the fact that they haven't, in in the original show, in a mock time, it's established, they haven't seen each other since they were seven.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm less concerned with that because right now Bring is an interesting character. And I think that that... Mm. This, this to me is a much more interesting, potentially alternate timeline than the movies. Yeah. So, anyway, like I yeah. said, it, the, the, this okay. this this is doing the prequel thing a lot better. Continuity issues aside, than than Enterprise or, or Discovery did. Enterprise. Enterprise tried too much to be a star trek show with but at the same time not be a star trek show yep and if enterprise enterprise should have either leaned hard into being a star trek show in which case it served no purpose or leaned hard into being not a star trek show think um the initial the initial response impression of deep space nine right it's on a space station. This yeah. doesn't make any sense. You know all all the things that you know. I think Deep Space Nine became, in many in many ways, became more of a Star Trek show the more it went along. Yeah.
1: The story, the story that I wanted to see when when they first announced Enterprise and it was going to be a prequel and we're going to be set you know fifty all these years in the past and whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, we're going to see the beginning of Starfleet. <clears throat> and there was a there was a story there was a novel that was originally published chapter by chapter in the back end of other novels called Starfleet Year One. Mm -hmm. And I think that you could do that as a movie or as a limited series, and it would still fit everything that we've had so far up to now. You could still do Starfleet Year One, maybe tweak a little bit to to fit in with enterprise mm. but even then enterprise you know starfleet year 1 can be a prequel to enterprise almost at this point because well, it the the technology is i mean this is right after the romulan war mm-hmm. so yeah, you know just, to fit that in somewhere i i would i wouldn't mind seeing that
0: well then we had the novel federation which yeah. was the early days of putting the federation together. Um, unfortunately, we will never get um, the final reflection, <laughs> um, right. which or Ishmael. Uh, yeah, but I mean, see, fun, you could do
1: but, Ishmael cheap.
0: Yeah, well, the the problem with the final reflection, of course, is that it's definitely not canon anymore. Yeah. Um, but it had it had yeah. whole scenes where the. It was it was actually the early days of the Federation and, and making the Federation and Starfleet be as intertwined as they were, um, and not to mention you also got uh, um, was it was it Doctor McCoy's father or grandfather 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 making an appearance, as I've always wanted to see. Um, uh, just you know, very much a, a very similar character to Leonard McCoy, but. But
1: uh And you can have Carl uh, Urban playing.
0: You could. And the thing is is that it would be so it would be so perfect. But it's a it's a radically different version of the Klingon Empire. Yeah. And I think it's um
1: Although there are elements of that book, the whole concept of honor and oh, sure. and loyalty and all this thing. That kind of stuff kind of got grafted onto the Klingon Empire in in Next Generation.
0: Yeah, but they so also went an away influence from the. There. Whole, but they they we've now got sort of the noble warrior, um, you know, the leaning into. Well, I mean, we, all the Next Generation, the Deep Space Nine stuff, all the stuff they did there, which is nothing wrong with it. I mean, I have no complaints about the Klingon Empire and how they developed it that way. <coughs> But it's a very different view. It's much more of a original series impression of the Klingons, because we, you know, that there's that gap between what how the Klingons appeared in the TV show and how they appeared in the movies, right? right? And and some of that was just we have the budget budget to make them look like aliens now. Okay, let's do that. But that whole you know warrior culture, we really didn't see that in the TV series. Right, and and so we had a lot more of human, a lot more human in their – Their culture was different, but they were a lot less the warrior warrior. They were culture. just
1: they were just the bad guy back then. Yeah.
0: And so, the, so so final reflection gave them a lot of depth. But yeah, some of the stuff from final reflection made made it into the continuity. Just like some of the stuff from Diane Duane's Rehansu novels mm. crept into continuity, because yeah. sneaky, sneaky TV writers going, Yep. yeah, <laughs> because the studio is going, nope, that's not canon. Ken- it is now, but is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Mm. Well, and and I'm I am perfectly fine. I, you know if. If we get to the end of Picard,
0: and... Which I'm enjoying a lot right now.
1: I am too. I, I think that Terry Metallus has done a bang-up job of restoring some fans' faith in in the process. But it comes out of the fact that Terry Metallus was left pretty much to his own devices, and nobody's looking over his shoulder because... I remember because I I sat I, Robert Meyer Burnett sat there and said he he looked right at her he says how are you getting away with any of this stuff, and Metala says nobody's paying attention because nobody cares anymore and and on the one hand that's very sad, it's understandable because the studio has never understood Star Trek the networks have never understood Star Trek. And Kurtzman's moved on to whatever next thing he's got. He doesn't care. And you've got Terry, you know, little Terry, who's been there since Voyager. He's the only one that cares, you know, to, to, to hear some people talk. May, maybe Akiva Goldsman, but he's doing Strange New Worlds. and just got this big deal with Warner Brothers, so he's probably not going to be with Strange New Worlds that much longer. And you've got little Terry Metallus sitting there. he's like, stay, 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 little flame. Stay, little flame. We'll, 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 we'll burn bright once again. You know, people, people understand and appreciate what he's trying to do. And he's basically delivering Star Trek, the next generation season eight for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. I think the, the, the things that I'm, I'm missing but there is always something. I mean, I lights. Yeah, it's all, it's. I mean, it's it's. We're playing into the submarine warfare aspect of Star Trek as ship combat again. And I get what they're doing, and it's just it's just an ex. Well, and you can hear it. you could hear it in the musical cues. <laughs> it's just an extension of Star Trek, Wrath of Khan. Yes, um, and that's fine, and, and and I'm okay with that. I'm missing I'm missing some of the things that, and I and I realize this is hard. I realize this is so hard to get to satisfy everyone's personal like. I want to see this. Um, again, missed opportunities. Yeah. Right. Um, was it Sila, Tasha Yar's daughter, yes. Romulan daughter?
1: Yes. Uh huh. Yep. So. Um,
0: I've always wanted her back, and I've always wanted to find a way to bring Tasha back. I, I mean, you know, probably not going to happen, but bringing. I mean. I was wondering before before we knew and I guess we should be careful about spoilers for folks who may not have watched the show cuz it's still early days of the season mm. before we knew who the villains were in Star Trek in, in this season of Picard right you know the question of who the villains were right was up in the air and and I'm like depending on who that might be Could maybe getting Denise Crosby back out. Oh, well, and I've and I've heard from things that she has said, yeah, that unless, unless remember, however, people lie and people lie good reason,
1: and that is that is a that is an accepted marketing practice in hollywood right now is is well, lying I mean, some through degree,
0: your teeth so to some degree it's well it always has been but to some degree that's actually what you want yeah. because there i know there are people i don't i don't and you and i deal with this all the time i don't mind spoilers because i can separate my experience as a person just watching a thing to enjoy it versus Mm -hmm. a person who's analyzing it right yeah um which is not an easy thing to do and i how i figured out how to do that i have no bloody clue but (laughs) so spoilers don't bother me as much as they they certainly do others but to some degree you want that surprise to happen and if you could it so the expectation that the creative team is going to tell you the truth when you ask them the question and not lie directly to mm. you because they're trying to surprise you. I mean, that's how it works. Yeah, I that had
1: a I had a surprise spoiled for me um in the new dungeons and dragons movie. Uh-oh. There's a clip that's floating around <clears throat> I don't know. I, I I probably shouldn't talk about it because I don't want to spoil it for anybody else.
0: There's a clip floating around that spoiled something for you. That's yes.
1: And I thought, oh, I mean, it's neat to see, but mm-hmm. I would have liked to have been surprised with it.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. 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 I mean, <coughs> there, look, the, I, if, if they bring back Denise Crosby in this season, it'll be a surprise because yeah. we've already seen their like, you know, yeah, you know, she's she said she's not coming back. Um, she wasn't. She said they she wasn't invited. No. Um, and 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 you know, honestly, there's only so much room. This is already a big cast.
1: Yeah, but and, you know, I how much can you do with Moriarty though? I mean, we've seen him in the trailer, so it's not I have a surprise. No idea.
0: Video. I mean, the thing like, is, is I'm wondering, is he going to be in more than just like a piece of an episode because I I
1: wonder if he's even the main villain.
0: Probably not. But audiences react to that sort of thing. It's like, Oh yeah. And, and the beautiful thing again, remember folks, remember, write this down. Trailers lie. (laughs) And they do that on purpose. I mean, they're again, and and, they can be sued for it now. Well, yeah, (laughs) well, we'll see how well that goes Yeah, Uh, because it's, not going anywhere.
1: No, Cis, Cisco. Uh, I don't. I don't think we're going to see ben, Benjamin. Now, no spoilers because Mrs. Boss has not seen the end. We're in season seven right now. Gotcha. No spoilers. Right. Um, well, but I don't think we'll see Benjamin Cisco because Avery Brooks essentially has retired from acting.
0: Well, I I think we could get Avery Brooke, Brooks back if someone were to come to him and give him. The right balance of you only need to be in this many episodes of this Mm -hmm. sequel to DS9. Yeah. And I think that, look, however you feel about the first two seasons of Picard, I liked some of it. I didn't like some of it. I was entertained by some of it. I wasn't entertained by some of it. What they did there, which got us Picard season three, um, was they went back to something that we never thought we were going to get a you know we we got to the fifth fourth next generation film one two yeah there were four four and it was done you know we weren't we weren't getting that crew back as that crew right right and and so you know we get what we've gotten with picard so far and and where we are now deep space 9 could do that too um i mean there's oh, some of those folks have definitely moved on to other things and wouldn't be interested and some of them have passed away um i mean we're not getting odo back right um and i mean you could put another actor in the makeup and i'm not i'm not saying you couldn't find an actor who could play odo and make you believe it was Odo. But. Yeah. It's, well, it's in, gonna be in, hard. That,
1: <laughs> in that particular instance, if you were to do that, Ed, and I am not advocating for this at all, don't get me wrong. Right. But in that particular instance, you you could do uh, face and voice replacement with Renee Aboriganois' family signing off on it Right. And you could have Odo back, but I I am not wanting that to happen.
0: Well, and, and the thing is, is that uh, even <laughs> with, with, with the shapeshifters, you could even have, like I said, a completely different person play the part and not even you know, because they're shapeshifters. Yeah. They yeah. don't have to look like that. I decided to is, try
1: on a different face.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, and, and, and he's ha- well, you been part shape. of the part of the the collective. The Great Link. Great link uh, for a while, anyway. I mean, he come definitely could come back different. Yep. But the thing is, is that you would not have that. Put, one of the things that made Odo the character that was Odo was Renee's delivery mm-hmm. and that world weary sarcasm. Yeah. That just, I mean, he was a master at.
1: And Anybody else doing that is going to be imitation.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not. And I'm not saying can, it can't happen. I'm not yeah. saying you couldn't cast the That'd right person and make you go worthy successor. I am on board. Yeah. I'm just saying that <laughs> it's it's a challenge, and if you can rise to that challenge, I am. I, I'm willing to entertain the idea.
1: I think. Uh, I think I the next the next thing that we're likely to get, if we get anything is maybe Star Trek Titan. Maybe. Well, I think
0: we're, we're, they're talking Starfleet Academy, but they're talking that's, Starfleet that's Academy...
1: That, that's That's well, never going anywhere. Well, but they're talking
0: about it as the sequel taking place in the same time period as the, the far future that Discovery's in.
1: Yeah, no, no nothing, nothing more with Kurtzman has been greenlit, or, nor will it be, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, we'll... Because his, we'll, con- uh, his contract is up. Right. So uh yeah, I mean, we have we'll we have kind of strayed a little bit far afield from our topic but i want to I, I do want to bring up one other uh one other thing one other creative endeavor that has not lived up to its potential sure us <laughs> this channel this website 14 almost four we we're, we're coming up here we are we are nine days away from our 14th anniversary We have we have not lived up to our potential yet.
0: So Yes, I, I would watch so. Star Trek Garrick's Minions.
1: Yes. Yeah. We could I could I could do it with more Garrick.
0: I, I, I honestly the, the Garrick <laughs> spy show. Oh my god, that's the section thirty one show I want.
1: I don't I don't want any more section thirty one at all. Section thirty one just does not fit w- I, I, within uh,
0: No, I. uh, Garrick as spymaster for for the for the intelligence service version of Star Trek. I think him him as the M for. Oh, I I got a plot developed in my head. Because that cause, you know, just imagine you know the, the most the most untrustworthy trustworthy person you know running the entire intelligence service. I there. Yeah. <laughs> that would well, be great. I love the idea. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, that's gonna do it for us tonight, folks. Uh, thanks very much for being here. Let me give you a programming note. We are going to have Ranker Pit Thursday night, I think, right? No. Are we having do we have a Ranker Pit this Thursday? No, I don't think we do. No, I don't think we do. Never mind. Um, but we do have an open line Friday on live from the bunker on Friday, so that's that's going to be the next time that you see anything or hear anything from us. Um, in the meantime, do uh, check out you know connect with us on all these different social media. What is somebody somebody yelling? Somebody's yelling. I don't know what I'm hearing. Just the voices in your head. It's the voices in my head. That kind of thing happens. All right. So anyway, all right. That's uh, that's going to do it for us. I'd better go see what all the yelling is about when we when we close uh, I tonight. We eat
0: some dinner. That would be probably a good
1: idea. <sighs> I don't know. All right. So I do have I do have a couple of things to talk to you about right afterwards. So anyway, thank you everybody for being here and uh, joining the conversation. F- feel free to share. Uh, the channel with people we're sitting at twenty two seventy five, over on no ranker. Oh, uh, that's that's what Mrs. Boss was saying. No, no, on on ranker okay. bit. That's that okay. That's it. So anyway, all right. That's it. Thanks very much for being here, everybody. We'll do this again tomorrow. And I and and I and I have my notes. I I have my little post and I wrote down all of the different ideas we had for shows. All right. So we're we're ahead of the curve. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see, how long,
0: see how long till you lose those notes. Yes. All right.
1: Good night, everybody.
0: This has been a presentation
1: of Sci Fi for Me Radio,
0: copyright 2023, by Flaming Dog Media LLC.
1: All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog
0: Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi for Me Radio.